Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, November the 4th, 2022. It is currently 8, 11 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Theology Central Studio. Why am I having trouble saying that? Lately, I've realized I've ha- I'm having problems saying I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio. I don't know why I'm having problems saying that. So can, can I can I try again? I mean, considering everything else that's gone wrong, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's perfectly okay. Good evening, everyone. It is Friday, November the 4th, 2022. It is currently 8.12 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. How are you doing? Are you having a good Friday evening? Is everything going well for you? Is everything going great? Well, here we're still having internet issues. Nobody has a clue what's going on. Nobody has any idea. So I've been sitting I've been sitting in my study. I've had the television on, not really paying attention, and I really have just been sitting there looking over at my modem, my my internet modem just looking at it going why are those two lights on? Those two lights are supposed to be off. Why are those lights on? What can I do? I can call them back. I can restart my modem. Nobody seems to know what's going on. I'm just sitting there going, do, can I do a live broadcast? I don't know. I mean, I could try to do a live broadcast. We know we can't do a live broadcast for the Church One Sermons 2.0 app because we know that software will not work. You know what? I'll go upstairs and try to go live using the Spreaker software and see if that works. So so I was sitting there just like, that. that's basically what I was just doing, looking at that. Do I go live? Okay, I will go live. No, I won't. And just kind of having this back and forth, just really frustrating, irritating evening because I'm not really accomplishing anything. I'm just sitting there frustrated because I don't have any answers. So I'm thought, you know what? I, I, I've got to do something. So I grabbed my iPad and I started looking at just different articles that I had saved in my notes, looking at emails, just kind of going through a lot of different things. And then all of a sudden I see an email with the title personal responsibility. I don't know why I I was just kind of going through the emails, thinking about the, which ones some people had emailed me asking questions or advice. I'm thinking, okay, Okay, let me let me think about when to respond to that because I want to be in the best frame of mind to try to respond to someone if they're asking for serious advice. So I'm like, okay, so I'll think about that and just kind of looking through it. But I don't I don't know for for what reason I decided to click on one that said personal responsibility. I, I don't know why, but I clicked on it. I don't know if someone was saying I I don't know what I, I to be honest I have no reason why I clicked on that one, but I clicked on it and this is what I saw: personal responsibility. Today's scripture, Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. This is like a devotional email, and they're going to use Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. I'm like, oh, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Now, you may not know why I'm saying, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, because you may not know the words of Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7, but you should. Leviticus chapter 20, let me read it from the King James. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. 
Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Uh, They quote it from, I believe, I, I think maybe they're utilizing the ESV. I don't know for sure. They're using a different translation. They're the way it is in the email. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. This is a call to be holy. Now, this concept is repeated in the New Testament, where we have the idea of be ye holy as he is holy. We have over and over and over scripture that commands, or at least two clear cases, but other cases that would imply the same thing. Be holy. Pursue holiness. Be holy. Now, that is preached Typically, in most churches, as you, that the scripture says, be ye holy as God is holy, you can do that. You can achieve that. You can accomplish that because in salvation, you've been completely set free from sin. So now you can know, you can, you can live a life without sin. Now they would always say, well, no, I mean, you can't do it perfectly, but then they'll turn around and say, you can be holy as God is holy. They never really explain how this works. The scripture says, be holy as God is holy. And they'll say, you can do it. But at the same time, they will turn around and say, you can't be perfect and you will continue to sin. Well, if I can't be perfect, then that means I can't be holy as God is holy because God is without sin. So can I do that or can I not do it? The preaching seems to imply on one hand, yes, you can say no to sin and say yes to God, which would imply I can be sinless. But then they turn around and say, but you can't be perfect and you can't stop sinning completely, which then that means I'm not free and I can't say no to sin. And then they will say, be holy as God is holy. And they'll preach that like that's achievable and you can do it. But then they'll kind of turn around and kind of act like you can't. So can you or can't you? I, I, I don't know. So as soon as I saw that, oh boy, this is from Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. I'm like, I have to read this. I have to read this. I've got to know what their thoughts. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, well, then you know what? Let's just go upstairs to the studio. I don't know if the internet's going to work or not work. We'll go live and I'll just read it for everyone. And we'll just, we'll find out together what they, how they approach Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. And I, I would really like to know, I, I would really like to know in your Christian life, in your Christian life, how have you been taught in regards to passages like, be holy, be ye holy as God is holy? How have you What have you been taught in regards to those commands? Have you been taught that you can do it? And if you have been taught that you can, what have you done with the fact that you never have? What did you do with the fact that no one around you ever have? What did you do with the fact that your pastor who is preaching, be ye holy, that he had never accomplished that? What did you do with it? Did you just like, yeah, disregard, I don't really care, whatever, like, what, what, what did you do with it? I, I Look, I really want to know, what did you do with it? Because I'm sometimes perplexed. And you'll hear me sometimes in my preaching where I'll ask my congregation, so, I mean, you've been Christians for 10 years, 20 years, 20, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. What did you do with that passage? And many of the times the people would just look at me and shrug their shoulders. Like, I didn't really do anything with it. And I don't understand that. How can you read a passage of scripture and just go, "Ah, ah, whatever, I don't know. Like, no, I've always been like, okay, this has got to make sense. I got it. Okay, how do I figure this out? In my life, 
I really thought, okay, the, the Bible says be ye holy as, as, as God is holy. I can accomplish that. There, the, I, can, I can do that in some way, shape, or form. I tried to convince myself. And what's even more frightening is I probably tried to convince myself that I was getting close to it or I'd even achieved it at some point, which is literally frightening and scary. But I, I mean, I didn't know what else to do. Now, at some point, I begin to realize, wait a minute, that's not working out. That's not working out. And then begin to have major struggles. But what do you think they're going to do? What do you think they're going to do? Here we go. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am the Lord your God. Here we go. Another reason that we don't experience more holiness in daily living is that we have misunderstood living by faith. All right. Now, they, they, they point to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20, that this is interesting. I don't know where this is going. Galatians chapter 2. Let's go to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now, which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now, what they're claiming is the reason we don't experience more holiness in daily living. Let me just, first of all, let me just make it very clear. When the Bible says, be ye holy, be ye holy as God is holy, it's not saying have more holiness. It is telling you to be holy. It's weird how Christians will, the text says, be holy as God is holy. And we will think that somehow we're accomplishing it by simply having more holiness in our life. No, if we're going to achieve these verses, it's not that we just have more holiness. We have to be holy. And to be holy means we have to be holy in thought, word, deed, motivation, desire, action and what we do and what we leave undone. We have to be holy in every aspect of our being. So every Christian should immediately go, I can't do that. But what do they mean that the reason we don't have more holiness in daily living is simply because we've misunderstood living by faith? Now, I, I, I think I can go a certain direction with this, but I don't know what direction they're going to go. So if I lived by faith, then boom, I could be holy as God is holy. So that's the whole problem. The reason for 2,000 years of church history, the church is filled with sin, 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 fighting, division, backbiting, gossip, slander, and every kind of sin you can imagine is simply because we haven't understood what it means to live by faith. If we could, so in other words, this is one of those, this, the direction this seems to be going is what Christianity always does. I have found the secret. And for $19.99, if you'll buy my book, or for $75.95, if you'll come to our conference next weekend, I'll teach you the secret. You can live holy if you'll learn to live by faith. Is it that simple? And, and so all of us, all we got to do is learn this secret. Let's see what they have to say. Right. Now, this, another reason that we do not experience more holiness and daily living is that we have misunderstood living by faith. To mean 
no effort at holiness is required on our part. They're saying the reason we don't have more holiness is because we have misunderstood living by faith to mean that no effort at holiness is required in our part. They say the problem is everyone's like, oh, I'm just supposed to live by faith. Therefore, holiness will show up. I don't have to do anything. So clearly they are arguing very much for a synergistic approach to holiness, that holiness in your life is not a monergistic accomplishment, meaning a work of God. This is synergistic. You have to do more. So this seems to be indicating the reason you don't have a practical holiness in your life is because you don't try hard enough. (laughs) Now, that seems to indicate that your effort, that your trying can overcome your sinful nature. Well, then if if we can overcome our sinful nature simply by effort, then why, I mean, oh, then then Christianity should be, well, then, then that seems to indicate that we can overcome our sinful nature and be holy. In other words, be without sin simply by trying harder. Let, let's see where they go with this. They says, in fact, sometimes we've even suggested that any effort on our part is of the flesh. So they are, they are going after, the, 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 they're identifying that the problem is is that we haven't put forth enough effort, that we have this weird idea that to live by faith means the absence of effort, and we and that's why there's an absence of holiness. If people would put forth effort, there would be holiness, and then the church would be basically perfect. Because, I mean, if you're going to achieve holiness, that's perfection. Holiness isn't, I mean, it's either, it's all or it's nothing. I mean, holiness means the absence of sin. It's separate. It's other from sin. If God, God is holy, So if I have any holiness, then that that means I've got to be completely separate from sin. They quote the words of J.C. Ryle, Bishop of Liverpool, from 1880 to 1900, all right, are instructive to us on this point. So the words of J.C. Ryle, Bishop of Liverpool, from 1880 to 1990, I'm sorry, to 1900, if I can uh, read correctly, are instructive to us on this point. So the words of J.C. Ryle, that's what we need to hear. They are instructive to us on this point. And I quote, here are the words of J.C. Ryle, Bishop of Liverpool from 1880 to 1900. Here we go. I quote, it is wise to proclaim in so bald, naked, and unqualified a way as many do that the holiness of converted people is by faith only and not all by personal exertion. Is it according to the proportion of God's word? I doubt it. That faith in Christ is the root of all holiness. No well-instructed Christian will ever think of denying, but surely... The scriptures teach us that in following holiness, the true Christian needs personal exertion exertion, and works as well as faith. So what they're claiming is that, all, of course, all Christians would say faith in Christ is the, is the basis or the foundation of holiness. But if we're really going to have it, we have to have faith, but we have to have exertion. We have to have work. In a sense, we have to sweat. We have to, we have to put forth the effort. No pain, no gain. If we'll put forth the effort, 
we'll put forth the exhortation. If we'll put forth the effort, and there's there's we're exerting ourselves to pursue it, then we can accomplish holiness. That seems to be the, the reasons they quote J.C. Ryle here, Bishop of Liverpool. Now uh, he wrote a famous book on holiness. I read it many many years ago. Once again, I felt like, okay, wait a minute. Basically, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. But I, I don't, I've read all, I don't know how many books I've read on holiness. And all I know is at the end of all of them, I was still sinning. Okay. And after reading all of them, I'm still sinning. I've taken seminary and Bible college classes on holiness and I know I still sin. So none of those things ever, ever figured out the, the secret. Okay. But so, but according to them, the secret is just work harder. Just try harder. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. One more paragraph. Well, one more paragraph and one, no, just one more paragraph. All right. Then they, they tell us that this is coming. They're taking this email from a, uh, this email comes from a book on uh, the pursuit of holiness. And I think the pursuit of holiness was written by, uh, hang on, let me look here. Um, Jerry Bridges. Yeah. The pursuit of holiness was writ written by Jerry Bridges. And I used to have a copy of that book somewhere. So I, that's another book that I have read on this subject. And guess what? When I got done with the book, oh, I was still sinning. All right. So yeah, uh, there's so many issues here. All right. But let's read this last paragraph. We must face the fact that we have a personal responsibility for our walk of holiness. One Sunday, our pastor in his sermon said words to this effect, and then they're quoting. You can put away that habit that has mastered you if you truly desire to do so. Because he was referring to a particular habit, which was no problem to me, I quickly agreed with him in my mind. But then the Holy Spirit said to me, okay, obviously now we have God speaking outside of his word, so a major issue here. The Holy Spirit said to me, and you can put away your sinful habits that plague you if you will accept your personal responsibility for them. So according to this, God told him, the Holy Spirit said, hey, those sinful things you do, you can stop them if you'll just take personal responsibility. So, so, so basically this teaching comes to us not from the Bible, but from an extra biblical revelation where the Holy Spirit said, hey, you can stop if you'll just take personal responsibility. All right, let's take it to its logical conclusion. Every Christian can stop sinning if they'll take personal responsibility. Every Christian can meet the command of be holy if they'll just take personal responsibility. I mean, that's the scriptural, that's the scripture text for this entire devotion. So it would be very logic to imply, to, it'd be very logical to say that they are implying explicitly that you can be holy, that means without sin, apart from sin, simply by taking personal responsibility and trying a little harder. I will argue 2,000 years of church history proves that that is an absolute, complete lie. Be holy is a command. Be holy is law. You cannot achieve that in practice. Here's, I'm going to put forth my hypothesis, and then we'll come back and read this last paragraph one more time. I, I stopped it midway through, but I'm going to pick up a pencil because whenever I start thinking, I got to have a pencil. 
All right, sounds good. All right, here we go. Here we go. I will argue. Be holy, and this fits perfectly with our series on law and gospel. Be holy is law. It's a command, and I can accomplish it. I can achieve it, but only in the gospel. Let me explain. Be holy. Yes, I are be holy. Think of it this way. I hear the command, be holy. Woe is me. I am not. I am ungodly. I, I, I am undone. I deserve nothing but judgment. I, I can never achieve that. It is beyond my ability. You are perfect. I can never be perfect. You are without sin. I am with sin. You are other than sin. I am sin because I have a sinful nature. I'm a sinner even in my very nature. From the moment of conception, I was conceived and brought forth in sin. There is no hope in me. I can never truly be holy. Woe is me. The gospel says, put your faith in Jesus Christ. All of your sin will be forgiven. And by faith, by faith, you will be declared to be what? Righteous and holy. So in a way, I live by faith. And by living by faith, I am holy. Holiness is accomplished by faith because by faith, I'm declared to be righteous. You can't say that I can be holy in any meaningful way and practice. I'm sorry. You can, you can get mad and say, oh, you're saying we shouldn't strive. to. Be. You can strive all day. I'm not saying you shouldn't strive for it. I'm saying the reality is you can't be it. You have a sinful nature. As long as you have a sinful nature, you can't be holy. Holiness would require no sinful nature, no sin whatsoever in thought, word, and deed. I think it is true that we accomplish holiness by faith. We live the life we live by faith. In faith, by faith, I am declared to be righteous. Abraham was declared righteous by faith. The righteousness of God was imputed to his account. I can be declared to be perfect and holy by faith, not in action. And I will say that all the per personal responsibility you want, all the personal responsibility you take, you, you can get some, you can clean up the outside really good. Look, there is no question, personal responsibility, there is no question, personal responsibility will clean up the outside of that tomb so that it looks better than all the other graves. It will look better than all the other tombs. If you think about it, everyone you see, all they are is a tombstone. Everyone walking around is the tombstone and we can dress that up. We can put lights. We can put a little bench there. We can put some flowers. We can put some decorations. We can put some, we can put an American flag. We can put pictures. Oh man, we can make that grave site just look beautiful. But when you dig into it, it's rotten, decayed body. It's a, it's a rotten, decayed, dying corpse. And that's what we are, a rotten, dying, dead corpse inside. It's called sin nature. Personal effort can clean up the outside, but inwardly you're still a sinner and it, that sin will manifest itself. No matter how much you try to cover it up, it's going to be seen. And I think that what Christians have done is we have changed, we have redefined holiness as simply the cleaning up of the tomb, cleaning up the headstone, cleaning up the tombstone, or cleaning up the outside of the cup. We have, we have done nothing more 
the, the, the modern Christians have done nothing more than what the Pharisees and Sadducees have done. We think holiness is cleaning up the house. It's behavioral modification, but that is not holiness. True holiness is inward, and it starts inward, then outward. Yes, we should pursue holiness because we love Christ. But if you think that you can pursue holiness simply by personal responsibility, you have deceived yourself. You will simply achieve cleaning up the tombstone, cleaning up the headstone, cleaning up the outside of the grave. But inside, you're, you listen, inside, you have a dead, dead, sinful nature. And when I say dead, meaning it's a, depra- I should say, a depraved sinful nature. Now, yes, you're made alive to God. Someone's going someone's gonna to correct me there, and I appreciate that. Yes, when I say inside there's a rotting corpse, I'm talking about the sinful nature. Yes, you've been made alive to God, but being made alive, of God, alive to God does not eradicate the old nature. If it eradicated the old nature, then yes, when God says, be ye holy as he is holy, you can do it. Not only can you do it, you would think it would be the most probable and likely outcome. But it's not. So personal responsibility will clean up the outside of the tomb. But inside, you've got the rotten corpse of depravity. There, That's a better way of putting it. Yes, you've been made alive to God. You were dead in your trespasses and sins. And now you are alive to God. But being alive to God does not eradicate the old man. So you may desire holiness. You may, the things you want to do, you may not do though. And the things you don't want to do, you'll end up doing because you still have a a body that is corrupted by sin. So we said, well, then how do I accomplish these verses that say, be holy as God is holy? By faith alone. I'm going to read this paragraph one more time. We must face the fact that we have a personal responsibility for our walk of holiness. One Sunday, our pastor in his sermon said words to this effect. You can put away that habit that has mastered you if you truly desire to do so. Because he was referring to a particular habit, which was no problem to me, I quickly agreed with him in my mind. But then the Holy Spirit said to me, and you can put away the sinful habits that plague you if you will accept your personal responsibility for them. Acknowledging that I did have this responsibility turned out to be a milestone for me and my own pursuit of holiness. Yeah, because I guess you mastered it. I mean, obviously, you mastered it enough to write a book about it. But I will guarantee you, he, he, while he was writing the book, he was sinning. When the book was published, he was sinning. And I don't know if Jerry Bridges is still alive. He's still sinning. And guess what he has never achieved? Be ye holy. Not in practice, but if he has placed his faith in Jesus Christ, he has accomplished it because in Christ, he is holy. By faith, he has been declared righteous. Now, he may have cleaned up the outside of the tomb. He may have made it look really, really nice. He may, not, he may not do all the things that people perceive as sinful, but in his heart, in his mind, and I guarantee you, even in actions, the sin nature demonstrated that it wasn't dead, that it was alive and well. All right, and I'll just look this up. They don't provide uh, the cross-reference, but I'm going to find it. Uh, First Peter, I believe. I believe it's First Peter. Yeah, First Peter chapter one, uh, verses fifteen through seventeen. Um, because it is written, "Be ye holy, 
for I am holy. Or uh, verse 15, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. That means in all manner of life, because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. In other words, be holy in every area of your life, every area. Sorry, you're never going to accomplish that. And if you think you can, you're, you are self-deceived. And if you think that you can simply tell people to do that by trying harder, that's the very kind of thing that leads to deconstruction. People are like, I tried this and tried this. Christianity doesn't work. I tried and tried and tried. It doesn't work. It leads to total despair. By faith, you are holy. By faith, you are perfectly holy because of Christ's imputed righteousness. In practice, you're a sinner. In practice, your flesh will continue to serve the law of sin. That's just, that's Romans 7, 25. Your mind will serve the law of Christ. Your mind will serve the law of God, but in your flesh, you're going to still serve the law of sin. You're alive to God. You're going to, you're going to want to please God, but you're going to fall short over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. And telling people, just try harder. <sighs> Love the Lord that God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Just try harder. You can do it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Just try harder. You can do it. Be ye holy as God is holy. You can do it if you just try harder. And that's put forth now as a Christian devotional material. That is nothing but straight up law with an obliteration of the gospel. You don't need Christ. You just need to try harder. You can, you can achieve holiness on your own. You don't even need imputed righteousness. Why? You can have practical righteousness. You can have practical holiness. You can be perfectly holy. I mean, to be holy means perfect, right? You can't say I'm pursuing, I mean, you can't say I have some holiness. No, you either are holy or you're not holy. There's not an in-between. All right. Email me your thoughts. Newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. It's a little just practical, I guess, I, I guess we can call it a devotional thought, but this devotional thought has come to you on this Friday, November the 4th, 2022, now at 8.41 p.m. Central Time, and this broadcast has emanated and originated from the Theology Central Studio located in Abilene, Texas. You see what I did there? You see what I did there? I wanted to clean up the mistake I made at the beginning. I wanted to clean it up. I think Christianity has become nothing more than moralism, where we just want to clean up the outside of the tomb and deny the depravity that is inside the tomb, and that is inside you and inside of me. Thanks for listening. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Everyone have a great night. I, I, I think... Um, we didn't have one problem. So maybe I'm just going to start doing some live broadcasting this evening from, from right here. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what we're going to do. Um, I'm hoping we can, we can accomplish something this evening. So thank you for listening. We'll kind of, I, I wanted to do like a test, but I didn't want to just sit here and talk about nothing. So this kind of accomplished a, a test broadcast to see if we would have any connection problems. And hopefully it dealt with a very important theological issue and hopefully it will spark great conversation. Thanks for listening. God bless.